Ray Russell back again along with Steve X. Stat, and unfortunately, uh, we're back with another edition of WCNN uh, to discuss yet another passing. I want to say of the professional wrestling world that could be accurate, but more so in the professional sports world. And uh, today, Steve, we're kind of going to discuss the passing of Kevin Green. Yeah, another one gone too soon, and uh, obviously there's some ties here to wrestling, uh, but also. One hell of a football player as well. So, what a character. Yeah, Kevin Green, born back July 31st, 1962 in Schenectady, New York. Raised an army brat. Traveled all over the world. Spent some time in Germany, I do believe. Went on to high school after they finally settled down back here in the United States. Uh, Was a football player, basketball player, and a high jumper in his high school. Went on to college at Auburn, where he was a linebacker, defensive end. Went on, as everyone should know, anybody listen to this anyway, Played pro football for the NFL. Spent quite a quite a period of time there with the Los Angeles Rams from 85 to 92. Went on and played for the Steelers for a few years. Big year with the Carolina Panthers in 96. Uh, of course, the 49ers, 97, and closed out his career back in Carolina in 98-99. Green even went on to coach as an uh, lineman's coach, I think for the Packers in 2009 uh, through 2013, and then later on the Jets even more recently in 2017-2018. Some of uh, Kevin's credentials in the NFL include a five-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 96, NFC Defensive Player of the Year in 1996, two-time NFL Sack Leader, again, one of those years being 1996, NFL 1990s All-Decade Team, and a member of the 100 Sacks Club. Green is credited as giving uh, as having 773 tackles, 160 sacks, five interceptions, and 23 forced fumbles. Kevin Green had quite the NFL career, Steve, and hell of a year in 1996 with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, that was like one of his last years. I was just reading about him. He had 15 sacks that year. Really helped that expansion team make the playoffs and. I think they damn near, I want to say they made the NFC title game, maybe. I'm not 100% sure, but I know they were pretty close to the Super Bowl um, in like their first or second year of existence. So, and he played a big part of that on defense. 96 wouldn't be just his best career or best year in the NFL. It would also be a start into the professional wrestling business as he debuted for WCW as a friend of the Mega Powers at the January 96 Clash of the Champions accompanying Hogan and Savage to ringside. He even wound up getting physical to help Hogan fight off members of the Dungeon of Doom and the Horsemen at the end of the program. It was later in June of 1996, Kevin Green wrestled his first match for WCW at its Great American Bash pay-per-view. Green teamed with former NFLer, now WCWer, Steve McMichael. They took on the team of Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, the Horsemen, who in the storyline had incurred McMichael's ire after Flair repeatedly flirted with his wife Deborah leading McMichael to bring in Kevin Green to help defend her honor in a tag team match at the pay-per-view. Green and Mongo were accompanied to the ring by their wives, Deborah and Tara Green. The match ended when Deborah and Tara were chased backstage by Flair's valets, Miss Elizabeth and Woman, only for Deborah to return carrying a briefcase containing, containing a large amount of money, a bribe from Flair, and a Four Horsemen t-shirt. After Deborah showed McMichael the contents of the briefcase, he took the briefcase and hit Green with it, enabling Flair to get the pin on Kevin Green. Green returned the next year in WCW May of 97, teaming with Ric Flair this time and Roddy Piper, 
to face the NWA's Hall, Nash, and Six in the main event of the Slamboree pay-per-view. The match ended when Green pinned Six after giving him a power slam. The following month, at that year's Great American Bash, Green faced Steve McMichael in a match resulting from McMichael's betrayal of him the prior year's event. The match ended when Jeff Jarrett attempted to hit Green with a briefcase, only to accidentally hit McMichael instead, enabling Green to get the pin. Green returned one more time to WCW for a third and final run in 1998. On the June 22, 1998 episode of, of WCW Monday Nitro, Green made a surprise return. As he gave an interview, he was confronted by Kurt Hennig and Rick Rude, who distracted him while the Giant attacked Green from behind. The altercation led to Green facing the Giant in the main event of that episode of Nitro. Green won the match by disqualification after Hennig and Rude interfered after which they attacked Green until his former Los Angeles Rams teammate, Bill Goldberg, came to his assistance. Green faced the Giant in a rematch of the following month's Bash at the Beach pay-per-view, with the Giant pinning Green following the chokeslam. Green only wrestled a total of five matches between June 16, 1996, and July 12, 1998, four of them on pay-per-view. Eric Bischoff has since praised Green, for the effort and passion he put into training for these matches, giving everything he had to put on the best matches possible. Sadly, Green passed away at his home in Destin, Florida, on the morning of December 21st, 2020, at the age of 58. And Steve, now, uh, I don't know, I, I know you're really big time into the Monday Night War era. You remember a lot of things. Uh, some of your memories or thoughts of Kevin Green's matches and showing up here in WCW. Yeah, he was uh, he was intense and uh, oh yeah, <laughs> he was very be- he was very believable. I thought. I mean, like you know, what you mentioned with Bischoff, how he you know gave all the credit to Green and praised him for how much effort and passion he put into it. Uh, you could definitely see that it, it came across the television screen. He was loving what he was doing. You you bought into it. I mean, he may not again. He may not be the greatest worker, but when somebody cares that much and you can sense it and you can feel it. You don't care how well they work in the ring. You just want to watch them because they're into it. They love it. And that makes you, it's it's contagious. I I didn't get the WCW pay-per-views. I have gone back and watched. And I know the the feuds and why he's in the matches that he's in. To be honest with you, man, he wasn't very, he wasn't bad in the ring. I I think with seasoning and and everything else, he would have been just fine. I saw an article shortly after he passed where they was talking about how he was destined for a career in wrestling, and then something happened to where it, it kind of shifted gears, and he, he stayed in football, obviously. So I didn't click on it or read it. I wonder, I wish I did read it, but I wonder if, if it was on the table for him to come full-time at some point, kind of like what McMichael did. But um, no, I think, uh, again, when, when, when somebody cares or is invested that much, then it obviously becomes believable. And I, I was never insulted by his performance ever. It's crazy, you know, you're in a main event with Roddy Piper and Ric Flair as your partners. I mean, that's that's probably a dream for a lot of people, and he got to live it. Yeah, I think one, one thing, though, like I remember the 98, that was initially a tag team match. It was supposed to be Kevin Green and Bill Goldberg versus, I think, Kurt Henning and the Giant. But um, Goldberg ended up winning the title in the Atlanta show against Hogan. So obviously he gets pushed to the main event, and Kevin Green's kind of just stuck there one-on-one with the Giant. and. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't very good, but he did give it his all. Like I think he even body slammed the giant and, and things like that. So it was a uh, decent little match, but nothing like again that'll blow your socks off. But again, 
just what a presence, the energy, the excitement, and everything else that he brings to the table uh, is contagious. And I felt like uh, when he, he just pops off the screen at you, no matter what he did. And uh, football, wrestling, whatever it was, uh, I remember seeing him on the sidelines of coaching as a coach. Right. Like one of his linebackers getting a, a big play and he's hyped up as if he did it. So uh, it seems like everything he did, he did it with passion. And um, again, you can see that just, it just oozes off the TV. And uh, that's, that's not something you can teach. Uh, you just got to have it. And he had it in abundance. You know, his, his time in the NFL came long before fantasy football really took off. Nowadays, you can pretty much name most of the linebackers out there, the tackles, the the safeties, pretty much anything because, you know, if you're playing these defense-type things in the fantasy football, you learn all these guys, not just the big names, all of them. But in that era, when you didn't know necessarily everybody that was playing on the defense, you knew the name Kevin Green. I mean, especially during that peak period there with the Carolina Panthers in 96. WCW picked a great time to grab him right before he he did what he did. Uh, but I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, passion and intensity. He was like the football version of the Macho Man with intensity. Maybe, I mean, just uh, he was like the real-life version of the, the old Mojo Raleigh character, get hype, stay hype. That was Kevin Green, uh, only in real life. Kevin Green, he's, you know, it's like I remember, too, when he was coaching on the on the sidelines and going, like, that, that character again. It's not a character, but, I mean, just you could live through that. Like it, it energized you to see him that energized. And I, I, one thing I, I hated in WCW was bringing in all of these outsiders. No pun intended. I don't mean the NWO. I mean, Carl Malone, Jay Leno, yeah. Kevin Green, Reggie White. I, I wasn't a big proponent of that. I know they did that to attract outside fans to get them to watch these shows. I didn't mind Kevin Green so much as all the other guys. So, he really came in there. What athleticism. I remember when he came back and worked Mongo one-on-one. I think he runs to the ring, climbs up to the apron, and jumps over, vaults over the top rope into like a, kind of a dropkick spot to kick Mongo back. And I was just really like, wow, this guy's he's into it. He's ready to go. He's not just some muscle-bound dude that's going to you know lay around on the mat like a lot of the, uh, the guys before him that came from outside in. Came a long way from Mr. T, who learned a couple moves and you know never really left his feet. You know what I mean? Going back several years. Right, yeah. So Kevin Green, I, I didn't mind him. Like you said, he wasn't going to go out there and, and put on a clinic of a wrestling match, but, boy, he sure had all of the traits, and the, the personality, the natural charisma, uh, possibly that it factor. I mean, uh, I don't even remember him, like, really being goofy or, or over the top to where I didn't care for him on, on the promos. I thought he even – nothing really sticks out to me bad there either. So I think with time, maybe he could even have developed that. He certainly uh, had professional wrestling in his future had he chose to to take that direction, obviously. Decent memories uh, of, his, of his runs here. I remember his 96 and 97 stuff uh, more than the 98 stuff, personally. But it's funny because you have to wonder how much more he would have appeared on WCW TV had he not had to sign these, these contracts with the, the NFL team stating that he would not wrestle during the season. It's, it's also kind of funny... For these, it wouldn't happen today. NFL teams would not allow these guys to go out there in the off season and risk their life or risk their injury. So, uh, of course, wrestling—that wrestling's fake. So, no big deal back then. Don't wrestle during the the season, but you can wrestle in the off season. I mean, bad things can happen in the off season too in a wrestling ring. 
But uh, he went yeah. out there and pulled it off time after time. And he's another guy. Remember, we talked about Zeus, unfortunately, in a prior uh, episode where Zeus really he only made a half a dozen appearances over the course of less than a year. But he, his memory sticks. It just sticks in your mind forever. The memory of Zeus in the WWF and Kevin Green, even though he was only here a half a dozen times over a three year period, you still remember him as being a part of WCW during this era. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they really, really, they hit a home run, to be honest with you, as far as Kevin Green goes, just because, you know, Charlotte is like their hometown, even during the Monday Night War and things like that. I know they were trying to go national, and they were national by that point, but Charlotte was always the hometown, that and Atlanta. So, you know, you got a new football team in Carolina. You got the home, you got the big name, uh, probably from the expansion draft. They probably picked him. I don't know how he ended up on the, the Panthers or what, whether it's a free agent or, you know, just getting drafted on that expansion draft. And then all of a sudden he's on your TV. I know he initially came out with like, he was hyping up Ric Flair, talking about Ric Flair. So he, he did it. They did it right. And I think that, and then he had, he goes out and has that career year for the Panthers. So he was the biggest star on the big, on the newest team. So he was, <laughs> he was the money, money play there for him. And, uh, it worked out. And, um, you can't say it enough. That intensity and that passion is just screams off the television. And, I don't know, man. It just uh, what could have been. He, he's one of those interesting characters that what could have been with right. seasoning and just timing. Uh, in a different world, he's probably a wrestler, but um, I, I think he could have developed into something else, uh, something bigger than what he was. Definitely unfortunate. 58 years old is way too young. I know he has kids and, and wife and things like that. So, again, uh, thoughts and prayers are with him. Thank you for the memories on the football field, on the uh, – in the wrestling ring and, and as a coach. And, and uh, one thing I will say, I'm really happy uh, that he did end up getting that, that Super Bowl with the Packers. Yeah. Uh, I think it was in 2011. So um, he never won one as a player. No. And one other thing right. on him as a, as a player, he was on that Steelers team that went to the Super Bowl in 95. My brother, who, who's no longer with us, he was a huge Steelers fan. Obviously when you watch the Steelers from 95, you, you know, Kevin Green. He has memories there for me as well. So, yeah. And, thank you, uh, Kevin Green. Absolutely. And uh, it's crazy to think that 10 years in the NFL before he had his best year, that's just how much of an athlete he was, even going on, you know, in the late 90s. And after competing in the NFL for 10 years, this guy was able to have uh, hops, you know, springboards, not necessarily off the top rope, but he, he sprung around the ring pretty lively. A uh, hell of an athlete. Uh, from beginning to end of his career in, in the football field and even in the wrestling ring. So I agree with you 100%. Great memories there for you and Kevin Green. And I, I just, I remember him fondly from, from the NFL, but I, I also remember him fondly from some of his stuff in WCW. I can't say I even remember all of it. That 98 stuff, you know, until I looked it back up and went back through it, I was like, really? That happened. So, but in general, I do remember him being there. I remember his promos on Nitro. His, Constantly smiling and just having a good time out there, having having the time of his life, like you said, getting a team with guys like Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. He's just a wrestling fan, even though he's a hell of a you know football player. It's not somebody they hired and brought on TV and forced into this position, like like a Jay Leno who really had no idea what the hell was going on. He loved the business. He was the one that talked Bill Goldberg into pursuing professional wrestling after football. So Kevin Green, like you said, he probably did have some eyes on wrestling at one point. So. Close this, this episode. Just want to thank Kevin Green myself as well for for memories in, in both sports and as uh, 
you know, as we've said in the past with some of these other guys that have passed away lately, just our thoughts and prayers to their families and their friends. Unfortunately, the list just keeps coming, Steve. And we'll be back again soon with another edition of WCNN. 